Glory to God. Well, let's get excited and stirred up this morning. You know what? The Word of God is the answer. It is the answer for whatever ails you. It is the answer. And um, this morning, the title of my message is, By Faith, God Does It. It's just that simple. Just that simple. You know, I remember, I may tell you a lot of stories this morning about how Keith and I got to where we are today. You interested? I think it's wonderful to serve God. You know, I tell all the stories about, like Friday night, about how I didn't want to be an example and about how Keith and I got where we are. But, you know, I wouldn't trade it for, the, like Brother Hagin used to say, the world with a fence around it today. And everything in it. Because there is nothing better than serving God. Nothing. Nothing. And to see somebody get saved, and we were having a meeting the other day in altar care with some of the workers and stuff in there, and one of them said, there's nothing better than seeing somebody filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time, and to be a part of that. There is nothing that fills you up better than that. But I remember when we first got a hold to some tapes, I guess we were 18 years old. I won't tell you how old we are now, but we were 18 then. And uh, we got a hold to some tapes about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Put it up there on the screen for me. You don't have to turn to all these because most of you know them, but you can see it real quick. Galatians 3.13. We'll just read it. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made cursed for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. That... The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Who's the Gentiles? Is that you? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's me. Say, that's me. Yeah, it might come on me through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? How many of you heard that for the first time? You thought, huh? I was 18 years old probably. I thought, what does that mean? It took a little bit. So we went back and we looked up, what are the blessings of Abraham? Hey, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Well, I'm not sharp enough to know. I was raised where you didn't get to know what all these things were. You just did what, you know. (laughs) I didn't know what the blessings of Abraham were. So I had to search them out. So let's look at them just a minute, okay? Let's see what the blessings of Abraham are. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 1. You're late, Dan. Yeah. Not really. I pick on him every time he comes in. After the offering. It says, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass, 
If you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Hey, that's sounding pretty good. And if thou hearken unto the voice of thy God, now let's listen to what the blessings are. Blessed shall you be in the city. How many of you live in a city? Blessed shall you be in the field. How many of you live in the country? That covers both of them, doesn't it? Where else can you live? The city or the country. So you're blessed if you live in the city and you're blessed if you live in the country. Somebody throw another one out at me. Can you live any other place? I guess you could live out in the ocean. Pretty much. Blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Okay? Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. Blessed shall be the fruit of your ground. Blessed the fruit of thy cattle. The increase of thy kind. The flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thy be when you come in. Blessed you'll be when you go out. And the Lord, this is a good one, shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten. How many of you could use some of that right now? Look at all the hands. Okay. Hey, it's yours. You said you were a Gentile, right? Okay. Shall be smitten before thy face. And they that come out against thee one way, they'll have to flee seven. Hey, and the Lord shall command the blessing upon thee and your storehouses. How many have the savings account? The Lord will command a blessing upon it. Or you may have a barn full of stuff. I don't know where you keep your money. You may have four safes full. And in all that thou settest thy hand to, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And the Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself. He has sworn it unto thee. And if you'll keep his commandments to the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make thee, what? Plenteous in goods, in the fruit of your body, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swears unto thy fathers to give thee. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heavens shall give the rain unto this land in season to bless all the work of your hand. Say, everything I do is prosperous. And you'll lend to many nations. And thou shalt not borrow. Because you don't have to. You're so blessed. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And will make you above and not beneath. If you'll hearken unto the commands of the Lord, which he commands thee this day to observe and do them. Now, that just sounded pretty good to us when we read that. How about you? First time you read that. I tell you what, it seemed like when we read that that day, 18 years old, 
We had won the lottery. Because we had determined, whatever it said, we were putting God first. So we felt like we had won the lottery. We were living in our 19, as Keith says it, the way he says it, 1969 Marriott mobile home with the imitation leather furniture. Wait, no, how does he say? Genuine imitation leather furniture. Get it right. And the red shag carpet. We were so blessed. It was black furniture with the red carpet. And red velvet with the black design curtains. And the stove didn't work. And the oven didn't work. It was... And the water froze in the toilet when it got cold at night. We were blessed. Not... So when we heard this, our cars didn't work, our house didn't work, we both worked from the time we were 13 years old, both of us, 12 years old probably, we both worked, but we were still broke. We went to Sears and bought a washing machine and put it on a credit card and paid 200% interest, I think. An old fart for I don't remember how long. But we heard this. We were redeemed from the curse. And God would bless us because we were the seed of Abraham. And we could have whatever. He was going to bless us. Then we just kept on. We thought, man, this is some good stuff. We was listening to these tapes. This is just more than we could handle. We thought, man, this is good. So we made a list before we knew about a vision list of all the things we needed. We had clothes that we bought at the dollar store probably. We had furniture, you know, like what we talked about, you know, was the genuine imitation leather. I think the chair had a tear right down the middle of the cushion, the black leather cushion. It was special. I think our payments on it were uh, $99 a month, and we could barely make them. But we got a hold to some word that God wanted us blessed. So we kept on listening. We thought, can this be true? Let's hear some more. We couldn't wait to get home at night. We'd turn that tape player on. So this is one of the next things we heard. We heard John 14. Verse 13. And it said, Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That the Father would be glorified in the Son. I remember it. I remember the tape series. It was called, it was Brother Copeland's Redeemed from the Curse of the Law. How many of you ever heard it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went to work for a doctor, and I walked in the door, and he had a tape library. This was back in the 70s, the mid-70s, and he had a tape library, cleared a wall about as, mm, as about far as from Mo to Miss Jean, and uh, up and down the whole wall, 
of tapes. Now, that was before cassette tapes were very popular in ministry. And he'd bug me every day. Take these home and listen to them. You need to hear them. Take them home and listen to them. You need to hear them. And I didn't know how bad I needed to hear them. And I'd go, oh, God, I'm going to have to work. I needed the job so bad because we were so broke. So I'd put up with it every day. He'd say, take these tapes home and listen. Take these tapes home. You ever had somebody do you that way? Thank God he did. What? Yeah, what a harvest he has. What a harvest. So finally one day, I did it just to get him off my back. I took home that set of tapes. And we listened to them. And we thought, my, can this be true? Whatever we ask in his name, he'll do it for us. We never heard that before. We both went to church all of our lives. Him one denomination, me another denomination. Can this really, really, really be true? That you can ask something in his name and he's actually going to do it for you? Is that possible? Do miracles still happen today? Yeah, I've got a dress on. Then we read 1 John 5. Came up on the tape series. And this, and all of you can quote me these. I bet you there's not a person in this room, if I start saying it, you can't finish it for me. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him. So we were set then. That was enough for us. We made our idea list in our head and we sat down and we thought, you know what? We need a new car. And we need a TV. And we need a dryer because we had to hang our clothes out on the clothesline. Sometimes they wouldn't get dry because you only had two pair of blue jeans and so that you had to wear them wet. Been there? Because you have to wash them and it's raining outside and you do everything you can do to get them dry. They don't get dry. Jeans are thick. You had to wear, you had to wear them to work the next day. Hey, I've been there. We needed cars. We needed clothes. We needed everything. So we thought, we'll just sit down right now and we'll just claim all this stuff. Every single bit of it. We'll claim a car. We'll claim a stove. I didn't really want one. No, I did. I like to cook. (laughs) We'll claim... Um, clothes, we'll claim a TV, we'll claim a dryer, we'll claim everything that we need. So we did. We thought, hey, he said he'd give it to us. What are we waiting for? Let's go to the stores. Let's go to the car lot. Now, we were 18, remember. 
How, how smart when you first hear? Now, we weren't as dumb as some people. But we went to the car lot. And we went in that car lot and we looked around. We looked at this car lot and we looked at that car lot. We thought, now God said he would give us anything. So we started at the cheap car lot and we talked ourselves into it. We kept talking to each other and we said, he'll give us anything. We went up from that car lot and we drove to the other car lot, the middle price car lot. And we said, but he said he'd give us anything. So we left that car lot and we went to the other car lot that was three quarters better. But he said he'd give us anything, sweetheart, anything, right? He said, Phil, anything. I said, anything, sweetheart. So we went. At that time, they'd just come out with a brand new Buick Riviera. And it had um, this little screen on the panel. It was when electronics were unheard of at that time. And it had the little touch, finger touch screen. They had never come out with one of those before, you know. And we went there, and we went in, and we looked at it, and oh, we liked it. We said, we'll take that. Well, how are you going to pay for it? Well, our father will pay for it. (laughs) We'll be back soon to get it. Now, nobody else has ever done anything that stupid, right? Huh? At least we didn't sit there and expect him to give it to us. We've heard of people that wasn't going to leave there until they did things like that. We were 18. And we were expecting it to happen. Because God said it. We were expecting the clothes. We were expecting the dryers. We were expecting the TVs. We were expecting the cars. We were expecting every bit of it. And that's exactly where some of you are. But we didn't get it. But why? We left. We went home. And we didn't get it. And like Keith says, our feathers fell. Why? If the Word says it, it should be so. We know the Bible's true, so what's the deal? Why didn't it happen? Did God let us down? We were expecting. Any of you in here ever expected anything and didn't get it? Hey, be honest. Hey, I'm being honest. Yeah. Just didn't happen. Hurts your faith. Hurts your feelings. Because sometimes you told people, well, I'm going to get one of them. We told everybody. (laughs) Hey, we believe God. We believe His Word. But let me take you on down the road to tell you how we got from there to here to know that it does work. Because it works. It works just as well as we thought it did the day we first read it, that we are redeemed from the curse and we are blessed because we are the seed of Abraham. 100%. And we did do better than win a lottery. But look at this. Back up to that John 14. 
and verse 13. There were some things we didn't quite catch in our newness. You ever been there? Yeah. You just catch the part you want to catch. It says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name. In whose name? Whatsoever you shall ask in Mo's name. Whatsoever you shall ask in Mr. Fred's name. Whatsoever you shall ask in Kim's name. Like my dad used to tell me. He's sitting over there. Just go in there, order whatever you want, give them my name, and pay cash, and they'll let you have it. Tells me that all the time. Just go in there, order whatever you want, give them my name, pay cash. They'll let you have it. What does your name mean attached to a situation? We went into that car lot. First John 5. You're going to catch it here in just a second. Verse 14. We read it, but did you catch it? This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything, what? Oh, we caught the part, we'll have whatever we desire of Him. We got that part real strong. But what about this according to His will? We kind of left that part out. Hmm. The Amplified says, This is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege, the boldness that we were trying to attach to the car lot. Right? We went in there with all boldness because he was our father God. He was going to pay for it. We were not ashamed, which was right. Absolutely correct and right. But listen to the rest of it. Which we have in him, we are sure that if we ask anything, make any request. According to his will... In agreement with His plan. Now, this is where the difference comes in. Just the other day, I was talking with someone, and they were about to do this real estate deal. And they looked at me and they said, You know, God has really, really graced you to really pull off these 
magnificent real estate deals and get these really good deals. Would you go for me? I'll fly you there. Would you go for me and talk to these people and get me a good deal on this? I said, I can't do that. God has not graced me to do real estate deals. God has graced me to do what he told me to do. Big, huge, major, enormous, mega multitude of difference. Now, had God have told us to go down to that car lot and get a car... And we would have walked in and we would have said, God sent us here. We'd have walked out with a car. Because it would have been his plan. But God never told us that. Keith and Phyllis told us that. So there's a big difference between the two. Let me show you something else. Philippians 4. We all know these verses. 13. How many of you can quote it? I, 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 me, I can do all things. Through Christ. Only through Christ can I do all things. Through Christ, I can do all things. Now, every time I've taught over the last, what, year and a half? Even maybe two years. I've taught about being led by the Holy Spirit. You cannot separate faith from being led by the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. Let's read some more of these. We'll get back to that. Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to do anything. Like go make real estate deals. Through Christ. Through Him who infuses me with inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Only in Him am I self-sufficient. I can't do it apart from Him. I do feel like a blonde apart from him. You might feel like one. Or a brunette. Ooh, that's worse. (laughs) Ha ha. 
Romans 8.37 says, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. What? We can conquer anything. Through Him. Amplified says, we can, and we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory, but only through Him. Acts says in 1728, for in Him, We live, we move, we have our being. The New Living says, for in Him, we live, we move, we exist. We exist only through Him. We should only move through Him. Romans 11 For of him and through him and to him are all things. The Amplified says, For from him and through him and to him. From him. From him. And through him and to him are all things. The New Living says, For everything comes from him and exist by his power now this is my favorite in that everything comes from him the message everything happens through him everything ends up in him always glory always praise yes 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 Now, let me explain to you what happened on that car. You thought I forgot. We got the car. But we got it according to his will and according to his plan. He said, now I have never moved very fast. You know that. (laughs) But in some occasions, God has had us to do things supernaturally fast. Like when he sent us to Ramah to go to school, like we went there, I think, in July for camp meeting. It's the last full week of July. And he wanted us in school by September the 1st or Keith in school by September the 1st. That meant finding jobs. That meant everything. And I'll tell you how supernatural it went. We had one week to get in his application. God did it. We knew no one in Tulsa had never been there, broken arrow, whatever the case was. But the one time we went, and the doctor that I was working for then that had pushed off all the tapes on me happened to go to a seminar in Kansas City 
sat right next to a doctor in Tulsa, right beside him, and they were talking about office managers and front desk people. And the doctor in Tulsa says, man, I could really use somebody to do that. And he says, where are you? He said, Tulsa. He said, when do you need them? He said, right away. He said, I got a girl that could start for you in two weeks if you want her. I started, he said, just don't ask her to type. (laughs) I never had to. I started sight unseen, making three times as much as what I did at my former job, enough for Keith to go to school without having to work. So, therefore, he could attend healing school in the afternoons with Brother Hagen. Now, let me ask you a question. What would have happened if we would have said, we don't want to go to school? We've never left our home. We've never left where we are in this glorious 1969 Marriott mobile home trailer with the genuine imitation leather furniture. What if we'd have said that? Would we have been doing according to his will and according to his plan? I don't think so. But we weren't there. I don't remember how long it was. Keith's really good with dates. I have to ask him how long we've been married and when my birthday is and how old I am. So, you know, I mean, and I am not kidding you. I have to ask him how old I am and he has to tell me. I just don't even keep, it's not important to me. So, so, um, he, we were there, I think like five or six years. I don't remember. And this man walks up to me and he says, um, the Lord dealt with me to buy you guys a new car. I said, what? Well, we had prayed for that new car years and years before that. And Keith tells the story, if any of you have ever heard him, about picking it up. How many have ever heard that? If not, get the CDs. They're free. I don't have time to get into it. But anyway, about picking up our faith where we dropped it. But he says, the Lord dealt with me to buy you a new car. I said, is that right? What kind of new car? He said, I don't care, whatever kind you want. So I went home and I told Keith. He said, honey, grab your purse. (laughs) So we went looking. Now was it time to be bold? We walked into the dealership. We went to the Cadillac dealership. We went to the Chevrolet dealerships. We went to all the dealerships. And we wound up at the Buick dealership. And there was this beautiful two-door coupe, yellow. And if anybody knows us, they know both of us like yellow. 
It wasn't bright yellow, but it was a subdued yellow. Buick Riviera. Which is exactly the same car that we had claimed all those years before. God didn't forget it. When we got in faith back in, when we were 18, things went into motion immediately. Immediately. Ministering spirits went to work. Getting things lined out for us. To have that car. He didn't forget what we were believing for. And he didn't forget how we were expecting it. Not only did he do the car, but he paid for the tag. Took care of everything. It was wonderful. It was terrific. I drove the car, then I gave it away. A blessing. But now... I had to do it in his time. You know what? I might have been a little bit too cocky when I was 18 to get a brand new Buick Riviera. What do you think? You think? God knows where we are. And he knows what his plan and his will is. For us. And if we do it according to his plan and his time, it's going to work out. Well, so we had to rush, rush, rush and get to Rama. So we thought we'd be there for a year. Both of us. All of our friends left after a year. I don't think any of our friends that were our friends that we made while we were there stayed past a year. So we thought, we'll go back home. God said, nope, you're not going anywhere. So we rushed for another 20 plus years. You didn't get it. We stayed put. We, Keith was ministered to after we were there four years by a world, didn't, the man did not know Keith from Adam and we were in a service. And he walked up to him and he said, sir, would you stand up? And Keith stood up and he said, stand out here in the aisle. He stood out there in the aisle. He said, you're going to have a worldwide ministry. You're going to minister to people all over the globe. You're not going to stay under somebody else's ministry. And you're not to do that. You're to have your own ministry. Well, this was after he'd been in the ministry a year and a half maybe. Now, what does your flesh want to do? And we knew it was on our heart. We knew that we would have that. We knew it was something that we were supposed to do. The call was there. The gifts were there. The anointings were there. But what did we do? Oh, and sometimes it was tough. Sometimes we'd do like Brother Hagin said. We'd go in at night, we'd look at each other and we'd say, 
if we didn't know that we knew, that we knew that this was God, we'd load us up a U-Haul and we'd be out of here and tomorrow morning they'd be asking, where'd Keith and Phyllis go? And they'd be gone. But I remember specifically, right after we started this church, I was looking at Brother Copeland and we were sitting there at the dinner table. And I said, man, if I knew pastoring was going to be this wonderful and this fulfilling and this joyous and how wonderful all the people were and just what a thrill it was and just how great it was to get to see people come from nothing and grow up. We never got to see that traveling. And just to see their lives change and how blessed they are. I'd have done it years ago. And he looked at me and he said, it wouldn't have been there. It wouldn't have been as good. You wouldn't have had it. Because when we started this church, it was like instant church, add water. <laughs> well, why is that? Because we didn't try to do it when Keith and Phyllis said do it. We let God work it all the way and we waited till he said do it. Now that's hard on your flesh. But when you do it according to his plan. Now let me tell you about this building here. That building there. Every time that God has dealt with us about buildings, houses, real estate, every time, it's been supernatural. But let me show you how he's done it. On our first, our house that we bought, uh, that we got such a, before we moved here, such a super magnificent deal on. We were driving past it. And I said, stop, stop, stop. He said, Phil, you have to know us. We can't just pull up in that driveway. I said, it's vacant. Just pull up in there, sweetheart. And he just smiles. And and I get out and I'm peeking through the windows. And and, um, so I check on it. And um, God says, make them an offer now. Well, we found out it was in foreclosure. We made them an offer, and they took us up on our offer, which was way less than it was about to close at the bank for. The bank was about to sell it for a different price. I'm like Brother Copeland. He sold one house, and he said, I missed my house, but all I came away with was was a big pile of cash. (laughs) And that's pretty much what, what happened with that house. So we come here. And all we know is that we're supposed to come here to Branson. Now let me tell you how easily you can miss stuff. Being in God's will and doing His plan is so important to you getting exactly what He has for you. It's so very important that you listen Inside you. We came here and we thought, 
we're going to save a little money. So we stayed at some place that was cheaper than what we we were planning on staying at some place cheaper than what we had stayed the time we had come here before. And we walked in the door and I looked at him and I said, we're not supposed to stay here. And he turned around and he said, no, we're not. I said, we're supposed to go back over there where we stayed before. He said, let's go. We turned around. We had both stepped into the little tile flooring. We didn't even walk into the place to see what it looked like. We turned around. We walked out. We didn't know if the other place had a room or not. We handed in the key before we knew if we had a place to stay or not. It was 1 o'clock in the morning. We turned around and we walked into the foyer of this other place. And we said, I walked in, and before we said anything, the lady says, you're back so soon. And I thought, how does she even remember me with all the people they have staying here? And I said, yeah, we're here to look at some property. And she says, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, how did she know what kind of property I was talking about? She said, I got just the place for you. She goes and she gets me a card and she says, this guy will meet you at at Yellow Ribbon Theater at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, how many of you knows we got the Yellow Ribbon Theater? We got it for a supernatural deal. God blessed us. It was right. Now it's sold in Jesus' name. Say, I call it sold. But that, we had to move a little quicker on. God said, have it ready by Resurrection Sunday. It's important that you do it just exactly. It said, according to His plan. Now, I can go in a restaurant and tell my daddy's name all day long, but I'm still going to have to pay for it. Do you understand that? You can go in and make plans of your own all day long. You can make plans till Jesus comes again. Business plans. You can change careers. You can try to buy a home. You can try to sell a home. You can try to have kids. You can try to not have kids. You can try to get married. You can try to get divorced. You can try to... Whatever the scenario is. But the only way that it's going to be blessed is... When you do it God's way, according to His plan. How many of you remember Abraham? We said, according to Abraham's blessings. Right? Right. Now, Abraham was a good example, right? Right? 
Except, did Abraham miss it? Did he figure out a plan of his own? Was God in that plan? Can you figure out a plan of your own and expect God to bless it? Every day of the week, 24 hours a day, does it work? Can you get frustrated? Can you go down the hole? In a heartbeat. And that's what's happening left and right. Is people are making their own plans and doing it their own way and saying, God, take care of me. But it doesn't quite work that way. It says, according to his will. Now, when we got this building, I was just laying there praying one morning. And I'll lay there sometimes, pray two hours. And I was just laying there. And we had tried, how long, Dave? Two years? Two years off and on to purchase this building with this man. You didn't know it. But he had told me a price. He called me one day and he said, I'll sell you this building or this building because our credit was so wonderful. He just called me. He said, I know, you know, and, and we want to sell you one of these buildings. And I said, you know, I, I wouldn't give you half that for that building. And he, I think I kind of offended him. But anyway, um, he said, okay. So I didn't hear from him for the longest amount of time. And he said, um, so he calls me back and he says, you said you'd give me half for that building. And I said, "Uh, no. I said, I said I would not give you half for that building. He said, oh. So we went through it again for another six months back and forth. And there was absolutely nothing to discuss. Was there anything to discuss? There was nothing to discuss with these people. Matter of fact, they told us up until the day we called them, they had two contracts on this place. Is that correct? Two. The Lord woke me up one morning and said, call them today and tell them this. I called them within... Three hours, we had a contract. Within a week, we had a building. But what's the difference? The Lord said, do this. That's the difference. When the Lord tells you to do something, then he has a legal right to bless what he told you to do. Until then, there's no legal right for him to bless it. It's just your plan and your idea. And pizza can give you some funny ideas. Just your idea. Third John 2 says this. You all know it. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health 
Even as your soul prospers. So you prosper and you become more healthy as what? What happens when your soul prospers? Do you think you can hear better from God? Easier to hear from Him? So therefore, you should become clearer in hearing from Him to do these things to prosper. And not miss it. We should be the richest people in the whole world because of these things. People are so confused about what faith is. Even people that have been in so-called faith camps for years and years and years are confused that you can just go out and do something. You can only do it when you have a word from God. That's the only time you can do it. You either have his written word or you have his spoken word. And don't confuse your ideas with his spoken word. Because you want it to happen. You'll know if he told you to do something. It's not confusing. You'll have peace about it. You'll have direction about it. As you prosper in your soul, things will get clearer and clearer. The more you pray, the clearer things get. The less you pray, the cloudier things get. Now, when we were doing this building, lest you think, oh, it's just perfect and, and they're just perfect, let me tell you a little bit of the process. When we were doing it, It's like Keith tells the scenario of a road sign. When you're driving down the road, if there's a sign or a billboard really far off, it's really hard to read it. Right? But as you drive closer to it, you can see it a lot better and you can read it. Well, as we knew we were believing God for buildings, we looked at I don't know how many buildings. And we looked at another one here in town over and over and over again. And we went back and forth with them, even made them some offers on it. And you say, well, you were missing it. No, we weren't missing it. We were doing the natural things as well as the spiritual things. And we were taking steps of faith. And as you take steps of faith, you get clearer and clearer about things. You take a step. Nothing. You take another step. Nothing. You take another step and you go, oh, whoa. Mm. That don't feel right. Something's not quite right about that. So you stop and you back up and you look at it. Is it the whole deal or is it just this part of the deal? So you do this part of the deal. Feel good about that. So you go forward, and you keep going forward, and then you get forward and you think, feels pretty good. But then you take another step, and something else goes, ugh. And you go, hmm, we just need to back totally off of this thing, totally and completely. You just drop it. But now you may not know that until you get into it a little bit. 
Because when you're far off, you can't see it. But the closer you get into stuff, the easier they are to see and to sense in your spirit. Now, I can pick up things only by the leading of the Holy Ghost, but oftentimes when I get closer up to people, I'll pick up something that's going on with them. That's why I don't always like people sitting right up next to me. And I tell my staff that's sitting behind me, you got something going on, you better clean it up before you get back over here. Because you'll pick up what's going on. So the closer you get to things, you'll pick it up. And the more you pray and the more you're led, the easier that should be for you. The clearer it should be for you. So don't just say, because I took steps in that direction and it looks like I missed it. That don't mean you missed it. It meant you were taking steps of faith in that direction. You can't drive a parked car. You got to take steps of faith. So God said, look for a building. I started looking for a building. He said, look for a house. I started looking for a house. You got to do what you know to do, and then He can bless you. But don't move until He says move. Now, as fast as I like to move, I had to wait years to get this building. My flesh was screaming because the kids were stacked on top of each other. And you know I like to move fast. But just because I like to move fast is no sign I can do anything. If I could have done it, I'd have bought it for the price that we bought it for two years ago. Why didn't God do it two years ago? Huh? It was sitting here. They needed to sell it. Why didn't He do it two years ago? Do you know? Not a clue. I don't either. We'll know when we get to heaven. I don't question things like that. And you shouldn't either. You should just follow Him and know that if you're following Him and trusting Him, you're going to be right where you need to be, when you need to be, and then He can bless you. Because He's faithful and He loves you. And He wants you to be blessed. He's the one that said, Galatians 3.13. And He's the one that said, you are redeemed from the curse. And He's the one that said, these blessings shall be yours. Are you still excited about that? Well, but you have to do them His way. He doesn't want you discouraged. He wants you blessed. And there's too many of us discouraged because the things of God don't work. But they do work. They work every single time. He never is unfaithful. He never not comes through. He's never let you down. He's never not answered your prayer. The moment that you get into faith... I am thoroughly and completely convinced he starts the answer your way. 
Now, whether you intersect it or not is left up to you. Totally left up to you. Whether you're off doing your thing or you're doing his thing. And it doesn't have to be complicated. He's not expecting you to read your Bible 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's just expecting when he tells you to do something that you do it. And you can trust if he tells you to do something, it's for your good. I would have never thought it. To leave our home and our family, that it was for my good. But guess what? I'm more blessed now than I've ever been. And to leave Tulsa and my home and all the things that I knew to come to Branson with nothing. I'd have never thought it. But he's smarter than me. Imagine that. And he's smarter than you too. And he wants what's best for you. Do you want what's best for your kids? He wants what's best for you. Look at Hebrews 11. I want you to see something with me. I just got so blessed when I saw this. Brother Hagin used to tell us something all the time the last few years before he went home to be with the Lord. He used to say, don't try to make it happen. Let it happen. And a lot of people are trying to make things happen in their life, like Abraham and Sarah did. They tried to make God's plan come to pass for their life. But now look at this. This blesses me beyond any words that I can think of. Hebrews 11, what is that called? The Great Hall of Faith. It's like Sports Hall of Fame, you know. Better than that, though. The Great Hall of Faith. Look at verse 6. It says, And without faith, it's impossible to please God. But anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And I got to reading this yesterday and I got to thinking about these guys. This is going to bless your socks off, so hold on to them. By faith, Noah. Now, did Noah ever miss it? Noah missed it. I remember one time he got drunk and his kids had to go in with a blanket backwards, you know, and cover him. But he's still here. In the great hall of faith. So he must have got it right. Then what about uh, Abraham and Hagar? Did Abraham miss it? He's in here twice. By faith, Abraham. And then again on the next one it says, By faith, Abraham and Sarah. Did they miss it? They laughed. When God told them they were going to have a baby, did they miss it? Did they follow God? In the end, yes, but they missed it. But they're still here in the great hall of faith. Then 
it goes on and it says, um, Isaac, verse 20, he called Rebecca his sister. Right? Then Jacob, oh my, what do we say? Was he a deceiver or what? Did he miss it? Oh, he missed it. Then Joseph, you know, when I think of Joseph, I think Joseph did good in the end, but I think Joseph in the beginning, I, I try to avoid thinking it, but I think he was a little bit show and tell. I do. And if he might not have been so much show and tell, he might not have got himself in so much trouble in the beginning. Okay? Then Moses. Oh, did Moses miss it? Is he still here? In this great hall of faith. Then Rahab. Who's Rahab? Does anybody know who Rahab is? She's a prostitute. She's here. Does anybody know who Mo is? Does anybody know who Jack is? By faith, Jack subdued. By faith, Mo. Can they be here? Have they ever missed it? Absolutely. But can they still be here? Can you be here? This is still being written. You're not excited enough. You can still be here. It doesn't matter how many times you've missed it. Doesn't matter how many times you've blown it. Doesn't matter how many times you've set your own plans. And gone your own way. All you gotta do is next time, listen. That's it. That's how simple it is. And then the next time, when we get to heaven and we're reading this, it's gonna say, and Kim. And Miss Jean and Mr. Fred. There's their names. Where's your name? Is it going to be in here? Because you chose to listen. So your faith exploits will be in here. Are you trying to do any faith exploits? I sure hope so because look at what it said in verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many of you out there is on a faith venture right now? I know I stay on a faith venture. Every person in here should be believing for something. But don't try to make it happen. Sit still. Rest in God. 
Spend time with him. Let him tell you what to do. That doesn't mean you don't take steps and try to look at stuff. Could this be it? (laughs) That don't smell right. Could this be it? Mmm. Smells pretty good. Maybe I'll go a little closer. Look a little closer. And just keep checking your heart all along the way. And you'll know. And the more you do that, the easier and quicker you'll begin to grow and see these things. I want them to play this track for you real quickly. And I think it'll solidify your heart on some things. So go ahead, guys. Rock.
say, how do I know if I get that divorce? How do I know if I stay with him? You enter in and you spend time with him. And he'll tell you. It's not complicated to him. How do I know if I buy this or I invest in this or I do this? You spend time with him and you rest in him and he'll tell you. How do I know if it's time to change jobs or not? You rest in him and you spend time with him and he will tell you it's not complicated. Just like your wife talks to you, just like I am talking to you, just like your friends talk to you, if you will pray and then get quiet in his presence, he will tell you. He will tell you exactly what to do about your children, about your family, about your job. He'll tell you. It's not complicated to him. Even when the children of Israel were trying to come out, every single time the Lord dealt with Moses about what to do. The Lord told him exactly what to do. Put down your rod. Do this. When they were building the temple, he, the Lord told them exactly how many inches to do this. How many inches to do that. What to put here. What to put there. Spend the night here. Spend the night there. He took a cloud and led it over them and said, stop here tonight. Stay here. Move now. Does he care more for them than he does for you? Absolutely not. Does he talk to them better than he talks to you? You have the greater one living inside of you and you can hear from him. There's no devil in hell big enough to convince me that you can't hear from him. You. And... That's one thing that's irritated me over the years as much as anything. Pastors that try to convince their people that they have to come to them to to hear from God. You can hear from God. You get with him. He'll talk to you. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Samuel was very young. And God was talking to him. You can hear from God. Let's stand up. And say this after me if you mean it. Father God, I will listen. I am your child. I am the seed of Abraham. I want your blessings on me. I will hear your voice and obey your voice. And the blessings will rest on me all the days of my life. Thank you for all the things you've already done for me. And thank you 
for the things you will lead me to. I will hear your voice because I'm not a stranger. I'm your sheep. And I know your voice. And a stranger's voice I won't follow. And I thank you for that, Father. And I just thank him that you can hear his voice. Father, we thank you that we can hear your voice and you've given it to us. If you've got to have a megaphone, Father, you'll get it to us whatever way is possible, Father. But we will hear you and we will obey you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.